Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast sponsored by BetSafe Colorado. This is Denver Post sports writer Kyle Newman joined by my cohort Parker Gabriel out at Dove Valley. And we're going to be breaking down all things Broncos heading into week seven Broncos against Jets. And it, last week was a must win. So this this week's got to be a must must win, right? Yeah, double double must win. Must win squared or maybe even cubed. Uh, it, it'll get that way if they lose this game for sure. And they very well could. We'll get to that. We'll talk about Russell Wilson's status. He's dealing with the hamstring injury he suffered in the overtime loss to the Chargers. Talk about the offense still sputtering, the defense still dominating, and of course, give some predictions to close out the show. Again, this is the first Orange podcast brought to you by Bet Safe Colorado. So we'll just start off with the topic of the week, and of course, what's on everyone's minds and everyone's cameras. We're just down there in practice, and everyone's focused on the QBs. And how's Russell Wilson doing? He's going to be limited in practice today. He is limited, should I say. And he's kind of hobbling around out there or, or favoring it, I guess I should say. And I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Brett rip and play. I also wouldn't be surprised if they tried to bandage Russ up and trot him out there too. Yeah, you know Russell Wilson is going to try to talk his way into playing. Um, and then it's really just a matter of, you know, we're recording this on, on Thursday. You're really only at, at about the midpoint between when the injury happened on Monday night and then playing on Sunday. So there's some there's some hay left to put in the barn still this week, uh, but you know Russell he was out there he was throwing during individual drills, didn't make all of the same movements that Brett Rippon and Josh Johnson did in terms of you know going through the bootleg progressions and 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 all of that sort of stuff. He just sort of he made some light throws. He jogged around a little bit and and you could tell. I mean he's definitely taking it easy. So that's the big question. I mean and and it's. I think the calendar, I don't think the calendar dictates whether Russell Wilson's going to play on Sunday or not, but it's hard to not consider the calendar when you're thinking about it. They play on Sunday, they get on a plane on Monday night to go to London, uh, you're playing overseas, and then you have a bye week after that. I mean, I think if you were talking about an offensive lineman or a corner not named Pat Sertan, you might be thinking about that extra week that the bye week builds in after these two games upcoming. But that's just not – you're not going to hear anybody say, well, maybe we should just shut Russell down for two games, get him three full weeks, and bring him back. I mean, he He's going to push to play, and, and the question is, uh, you know, come Sunday, um, are, are they going to feel like he's in a position where they can let him? And also, if you were to – okay, let's try and get a little buffer, get Russ healed up from that hamstring injury. I mean – you're now putting in Brett Rippon's hands. He's got one career start. He's one to know, of course, with the three picks from a few years ago against the Jets. But you're really gambling with your whole season at this yeah, point. I mean, yeah. you're already two and four. Even if R- Rippon splits these next two, three and five at the bye, you're going to be toast in the second half with that divisional schedule. KC twice, Raiders and Chargers again. So, yeah, it's going to be a fine line to walk for sure. And I'll be interested to see how much sway I would be interested if I was the fly on the wall, should I say, in the quarterback room of Russ being like, come on, just let me play. Let yeah. Me play. Well, the, the, but the other way to fry your season is that he plays and he, you know, it's a hamstring. Yep, it's not, it. yeah, with the lat, you know, with his shoulder, there was, I, I talked to a doctor uh, about this for a story last weekend. I mean, there was a, there was a pretty mild risk of like a, a significant aggravation like he probably he may still have a little pain in that that lap muscle you maybe deal with it for a little while but 
part of the reason he was able to play through it was because it was mostly a pain tolerance issue. And I don't mean to downplay that at all. That that's still, you know, that can it can be substantial pain. But that was the risk for aggravation on that was not significant. I mean, if you go from having whatever grade hamstring issue he has now and you make it worse, then you know, you could be talking about a, a matter of several weeks and, and, and that's obviously no good for a Denver team that's two and four and needs to string together some wins here in the middle of the season uh, either. And while Russ is going to try and heal that hamstring up to be ready to play against the Jets on Sunday, I caught up with Brett Rippin in the Broncos locker room today. Here's what he had to say about his possible start and his mindset this week. Take a listen in. You go into every week think, uh, thinking that you might have a shot to play, so I'm not really trying to change anything I'm doing, just you know, taking it the same and trying to approach it the same way. You know it's a different team, but you happen to have a very good record against the Jets, yeah. a team you might like to see again. I mean, yeah, I mean, they're obviously you know, a much different defense now, uh, a lot of different guys. But, um, you know, obviously that was a very special night for me a couple of years ago. And, uh, you know, if I got an opportunity again, that would be great. Again, folks, that was Broncos backup quarterback Brett Rippon talking about potential second start of his career and second start against the Jets on Sunday. We'll keep you posted on that, denverpost.com slash Broncos. Again, this is the First in Orange podcast brought to you by BetSafe Colorado. Don't miss out on all the action. Get in the game with BetSafe Colorado, the newest sports book in Colorado. There's nothing like riding with your favorite team and player all the way to a big win. Get off the sidelines and get in the game with BetSafe Colorado. Download the app today to start playing, and BetSafe will match your first deposit up to $500. Visit co.betsafe.com for terms and conditions. So back to the show here. We talked about Russ's status, and let's parlay that into the offense's performance 15.2 points a game. Last two have just been utter stinkers. Is there any hope for this team, whether it's Russell or Rippin at, at the reins on Sunday, to just finally get it in gear? And if Russell's at the at the reins, do what this offense has been supposed to be doing. Yeah, I mean, the, the further you go into the season, obviously the, the time for a turnaround gets shorter and shorter. I thought, Kyle, I mean, the first quarter of that game on Monday night against the Chargers, Wilson started 10 of 10, 109 yards, I think, and a touchdown. Had it, was a, it was a good blip, right? Yeah, right, yeah. right. And he had 173 and a touchdown. And they, they you know, they, they had to settle for the field goal right before halftime, but they had 13 points at the half. And, and you know, it's not exactly uh, lighting the world on fire, 13 points, but it was obviously an uptick um, considering they entered the game averaging 15 a game. And then the offense just entirely went in the tank in the second half. And, and um, you know, they just got the one field goal uh, after halftime and in overtime. And it, it really, you know, they've, they've got to protect the quarterback, no matter who it is. They've got to be able to protect the quarterback. The Jets' defensive line uh, is disruptive, led by Quinn and Williams. Um, and then they've got to be able to run the ball consistently. They went into the fourth quarter on Monday night against the Chargers with 42 rushing yards. And that's just not – you're just not going to be able to – get to everything you want to get to you're not going to be able to really stress defenses in the nfl uh if you can't run the ball efficiently and you know at this point it doesn't matter if it's melvin gordon or if it's latavius murray or if it's somebody else uh they've got to figure out a way um to to block it up front and then and then get a little bit of room for the running backs two quick points on the offense here on the first orange podcast brought to you by bet safe colorado before we move on to the defense you mentioned Quinn and Williams. He had two sacks last week at Lambeau Field, an upset win over the Packers. 
he's got to be contained. He's there's got to be an emphasis put on him. And then also the the running game. Let's just touch on that real quick. We saw Melvin Gordon, and of course the cameras are on him as he was kind of pouting on the sidelines. And I mean, at one point the Broncos got a first down. The telecast turned to him, and he was like sighing. You know, it wasn't a good look. You talked to him in the locker room. Hackett, uh, not sure what kind of face he was putting on at the podium, but he, he basically was like, oh, yeah, we talk. We're good. We'll start this Sunday. Well, Melvin was like, yeah, well, I started last week, and I got, like, seven snaps. So w- what is the deal? What's the disconnect? Is Melvin feeling alienated? You talk to him. Tell us. Yeah, I, one of the things over the, just over the course of, of Melvin Gordon's career is he's – I don't, I don't, I don't think struggle necessarily is the right word, but it has affected his uh, mentality, at least in the way he talks um, with reporters, when he hasn't been the lead guy. You know, it happened with Austin Eckler um, with the Chargers. Uh, it happened here with Philip Lindsay, um, and it, it's happened again this year. And it, it's not just this week. I mean, this is not a, this is not a pile on of Melvin Gordon. It goes back to when he talked in training camp about. You know how well I know that the Broncos want Javante Williams to be the guy. I think that's pretty clear. I don't know what my role is going to be. He said in the first couple of weeks when he fumbled four times in the first four games that he was pressing because he felt like every play he was on the field, he had to prove that they shouldn't take him off the field. He just, for whatever reason, he hasn't been comfortable with his role uh, in this offense. And that certainly was the case in LA and when he talked with. Uh, me and a couple of other reporters in the locker room on Wednesday this week. So, you know, he's he said he's got to figure out a way to sort of get over it and be a good teammate and keep playing. He 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 was adamant that his frustration on the sideline had nothing to do with his teammates. He sort of made that delineation. He left it unsaid that that means his frustration is with the coaches. Right. Um, but that that was. That was where his mind was at. That was what he told us. And then I think the, the question, Kyle, is, you know, if he is, if he's not the lead guy, if he's not getting 20 touches to everybody else's eight, um, how much can they get out of him? And how productive can a duo of, of Melvin Gordon and Latavius Murray that has a lot of tread on the collective set of tires, um, how effective can they be uh, not only this Sunday against a really good defensive front, but going forward this season. And this is the first Orange podcast brought to you by BetSafe Colorado, Kyle Noon alongside Parker Gabriel. Speaking of limited roles, K.J. Hamler has had a pretty limited role so far, only four catches, though he did have his first multi-catch game of the season against the Chargers, two catchers for 44 yards. And I caught up with him in the locker room on his limited role so far and what his mindset has been as he's been trying to find his breakout moment here this season. Take a listen in. Yeah, um, you know, of course I would like to get more involved, but, you know, when I got an opportunity to make a play, I'm, you know, I'm going to take that chance and just, you know, take full advantage of the opportunity, you know. So if I get one ball and it's a deep ball, you know, make sure I catch it. It'll be 55 yards, 60 yards, you know. Um, I think people are starting to see that I can be a deep threat that everybody wants to see. So um, just trying to, you know, do everything possible that I can just to, you know, provide for the team and just be a playmaker. Again, this is the first in Orange podcast brought to you by BetSafe Colorado. Everyone has a pregame superstition or a pregame ritual. Let BetSafe Colorado be yours. BetSafe Colorado is the newest sportsbook in the state and the exclusive club for passionate gamers and bettors across Colorado. Download the app to start playing today, and BetSafe will match your first deposit up to $500. Visit co.betsafe.com for terms and conditions. So let's move on to the defense here, Parker. 
they've kept carrying the load. It hasn't really uh, done much in terms of the wind column, but they've got another tough task here again this Sunday. Yes, Zach Wilson, make sure he doesn't get in the flow with his receivers, but really Brees Hall, the running back, coming off a 100-yard game, he's been pretty dynamic in the backfield. Got to plug that up. Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, the thing about the thing about run defense for the Broncos is it's been pretty good this year, but the one time it wasn't, Ooh, they got, they got shredded in Las yeah. Vegas. And so it's like you, you feel, I think, uh, you know, for sure if you're a Broncos fan, if you're an observer of the team, I think you go into most weeks feeling relatively confident in what you're going to get from this Broncos defense, but you have that little thing in the back of your mind of like, well, they did put up one really bad outing, and it came the one day that the offense sort of got rolling, and they weren't able to win that game either. And so, you know, you're right. I mean, they've got to stop the run. Uh, Zach Wilson has missed some time this year with an injury. He's back now. They've really got to make life difficult for him. You know, if they can make the Jets one-dimensional, um, you know, this isn't uh, Derek Carr with Devontae Adams. They've got some nice young players um, on offense. They've got some receivers that have uh, talent. But this is the type of offense um, that this Broncos defense needs to be able to, to take care of. And, you know, when, when you look at when you look at the Jets and the Jaguars, a couple of young, extremely high draft pick quarterbacks coming up, Zach Wilson and then Trevor Lawrence, this is a stretch before the bye week where you sort of get that sense like the defense has to find a way to lead Denver to four and four going into that bye week. And if you got to, you know, you can't expect anybody to pitch a shutout, but if, if you've got to hold a team, uh, you know, really suppress a couple of offenses here, like that's the task that's that's in front of this defense on Sunday and then in London. And I caught up with defensive lineman Draymond Jones about that very subject in the locker room today. Here's Draymond talking about stopping Brees Hall, defense carrying the load, and more. Take a listen then. The best way to stop a run game is always being physical and uh, getting your hands on them quick, on the O-line quick. They got a bigger O-line. Uh, they're doing okay right now. And uh, the running back's playing his ass off, so we got to make sure we're just, like, attacking. Coming off, the, just, I mean, being dominant in, what, before the five games so far, how do you think the defense is doing with just carrying the load, dealing with some injuries, another one with AP going down? Like, mm -hmm. how, how you guys – dealing with that, but also looking forward and trying to keep this dominance going. I think the energy and uh, our leadership on defense is uh, monumental on how we do things. And it, obviously it's been great because uh, we play really, really good. I think defensively, I think we've done um, historically in Broncos history, history so far, one of the best, you know, they had in a while. So, um, I mean, we gotta just keep up the tempo. I think how we play right now has motivated us to just keep getting better and rise to the occasion as much as we can. And uh, we're gonna continue to do that. And this is the First Orange Podcast brought to you by BetSafe Colorado. Kyle Newman alongside Parker Gabriel. Appreciate you tuning in today's show. We will close today's show with some predictions. And we got burned a couple times earlier in the season, Parker. I think we're both feeling that. Broncos are two-and-a-half-point favorites last I looked. Favorites. Favorites. Um, but, you know, I, I wouldn't go too far with that. Uh, Vegas might have things mixed up. They haven't been out here in Dove Valley and screaming in front of their TVs like Broncos country has been doing for most of the season. So I think you know where we're going with this one, folks. I'll pick first. I got Jets 17, Broncos 16, and I'll add to that that 17 points, one of the touchdowns set up by a miscue where the Jets maybe have to go like 15, 20 yards to punch it in. So really the defense gives up like a field goal and field position, a touchdown off of a turnover, and then one other touchdown. Plays pretty good. And whether it's Rippon or Wilson, 
that offensive line, I'm just not confident in the tackles. I'm not confident in them shutting down Quentin Williams. So I got Jets 17, Broncos 16. Parker? Yeah, before the season, you would have looked at this stretch of games and thought sort of like, regardless of whether Denver gets off to a good start or a, a mediocre start or a bad start or whatever, that you'd have a couple of get-right weeks here with the Jets and, and the Jags. And almost gimme games. Like right, almost. yeah, and it, it yeah. has not turned out that way. I mean, you saw that not only are the Jets 3-0 and on the road so far this year. Playing with a chip on their shoulder. They went like, up to Green Bay last week, and, and you know, they, they took an offense that's – it's not in exactly the same situation as Denver's, but an offense that – for a different reason, you've got a Hall of Fame quarterback with a young surrounding cast in Aaron Rodgers and, and the Packers and really made life difficult on him. You know, got to the quarterback, played aggressive down the field. Sauce Gardner's a really talented young corner. Um, they are not this – is, this is not going to be, um, oh, well, it's the Jets, so the Broncos' offense should sort of have a get-right week this week, regardless of whether Russell Wilson plays or not. Um, I, I think it's going to be close. Um, but but I'm, I'm with you, Kyle. I've got the Jets by one. Um, I keep holding out hope there's going to be a little bit more scoring. I, I'm going to pick a 20 to 19. Uh, weird game. Pretty much all we've seen so far this year is You're not games. going to 11 to 10? Or, what, or yeah. what was it, 11 to 9? Yeah, we got 11 to 10 out of the way already uh, in the 49ers game. So let's say 20 to 19 um, and Denver – has that long flight to London um, at two and five, and, and then really moving away. And this has been the first Orange Podcast, brought to you by BetSafe Colorado. Kyle Newman, alongside Parker Gabriel. Head to DenverPost.com/Broncos for continued coverage of the team leading into the game, and of course, updates on Russell Wilson's injury status and more. Until next time, folks, take it easy.